This is where Sloter shines, Paul. It's third and long. This is it. Here it is. Big blitz against Kyle. Floats out to the left. Passes. Caught BC first down. It's what Sloter does. Northern Colorado said that they were going to give me an opportunity at quarterback, and I got there, and I was in the quarterback room for about a week and a half, my junior year, redshirt junior year, and uh, they switched me to wide receiver. I remember just, like, kind of sitting there in my car after the year and just really, like, you know, I'm not too proud to admit that, like, mm -hmm. I, I cried. Sloter rolls out to the right. Sloter Saturday dumps to Blazin game. 10-5. Touchdown Vikings. Hey, everyone. Welcome in. It's episode six of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. This is Wabi inside TCO Studios in Egan, joined as always by co-host and co-producer Chris Corso. And we have a jam-packed show for you, so we're going to be quick and get right into it. Super excited for our two guests today. One is Paul Charchian, who's an expert in fantasy football and fantasy sports. He's coming up later. Coming up momentarily is Vikings quarterback Kyle Sloter. So we're excited about that. Lots of other stuff to get to today, including fan voicemails, some prep football news, and term of the day. But first, let's bring in Chrissy right now and let's recap week three of the preseason. What's up, man? Week three had a lot of Kyle Sloter, and I'm excited for the fans to hear um, he shared his journey from starting as a wide receiver at a random no-name college to becoming a quarterback on this Vikings roster. And, man, it's a must-listen, so please stay around for yep, that. I agree with that. Um, now, week three of the preseason, unfortunately, was not must-watch. It was not, not, not <laughs> according to Coach Zimmer. No, Coach Zimmer not happy. Offense didn't look the way he wanted it to look. We missed some kicks. Um, you know, uh, I think Zim referenced a lack of energy or something, you know, in that third preseason game. So hopefully it serves as a wake-up call for the Minnesota Vikings because I do believe that will be the last that we'll, we will see of the starters uh, before the regular season. So um, it didn't go perfectly on uh, Saturday against the Arizona Cardinals, but we got out of it without major injury, which is good news. And a player who we're going to rely on this year looked really good. Dalvin Cook, 85-yard touchdown. Oh, that was right. Dalvin Cook pretty much opened every fan's eyes in this game yeah. to say, wow, if he can do that during the season, this offense can pretty much go to another level. And we know when Coach Zim brought Gary Kubiak here and a lot of those Denver coaches and Rick Dennison from New York, um, he was going to stress running the, running the football. And if Dalvin Cook can be an explosive guy the way he showed in that, on that run, Man, oh man, let's yep. uh, let's let's take this offense and run with it. So, still a few um, unanswered questions or um, you know position battles to settle here with one more preseason game to go and and a week before the regular season begins. Uh, what's going to happen with the specialists? Um, how many wide receivers are we going to keep and who are they going to be? Uh, some defensive depth uh, questions, perhaps. Have not seen Linval Joseph yet, but. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, all run-of-the-mill standard issues for a team to face. The Vikings seem to be in good standing as they get ready for week one of the regular season. Last thing I wanted to mention um, before we get into our Kyle Slaughter discussion, Jaron Curse started for Harrison Smith against the Arizona Cardinals, had two pass breakups last week against the Seahawks. He had three tackles for loss. I think Jaron Curse is someone who looked really good this summer. Yeah, I mean, anything the Vikings ask Jaron Curse to do, he's going to do it, and he's going to do it well and yeah. show his athleticism. I mean, he can play safety. He can play uh, the, the strong side linebacker if he wants to. He can freaking be in the nickel. Um, 
and obviously on special teams, he's an unbelievable player on, on that side of the ball. So yeah. um, whatever the Vikings have asked him to do, a former seventh-round pick, man, he's given uh, – Given a reason to stick around yeah. this team, that's for sure. Yeah, so that that's pretty much it for preseason game number three. Kyle Slaughter came in and uh, and guided the offense to two touchdown drives in the second half as the Vikings ended up beating the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyle, 23 of 27 this preseason for 280 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, a passer rating of 143.2. Last year he had 366 passing yards and four touchdowns. So the last two preseasons, Kyle Slaughter, seven touchdowns, no picks, one rushing touchdown, completing like 70% of his passes. I mean, Kyle Slaughter tearing it up in the preseason. A fun guy to watch play the game for sure. He's just good. I don't, know, I don't know what else to say. He's yes. good. He, he does everything you want him to do. Look at Slaughter. Fire right. Caught Conklin. 15 told you. Handoff goes to Mike Boone. Mike Boone goes surging into the end zone for a Minnesota Vikings touchdown. That's a lot of cheese. That's a lot of TDs. There's Loader. He's carving them up like uh, Christmas goose. You can, coach up some, you can coach up some of those things on the, on the special teams. That's, Slaughter, I'm not worried about that. Third and long. Slaughter hit as he throws, gets it uh, off to Dylan Mitchell. He's fast. Heads to the far side, gets out of bounds. Seventh rounder. Now, Al Slaughter led the Vikings on uh, what hopefully is a game-winning touchdown drive. Back to pass on third down. Passes over the middle. First down is what Kyle does. Slaughter rolls out to the right. Slaughter Saturday dumps to Blazin game. 10-5. Touchdown Vikings. Kyle Slaughter. And speaking of Kyle, um, he's in the studio right now, and he's our featured guest on Episode 6 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. What's up, man? Not much. How are you guys doing? The MVP of preseason week three. <laughs> yeah. Had Dude. a hell of a performance in the second half. Now, a, a Saturday at noon preseason game is weird, isn't it? It is. It's very weird, especially like your, you feel like your body clock is kind of off just because yeah. like we practice around 3, 3.30. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just weird. You're kind of tired, sluggish. you got to get going. So it's, I definitely understand where, like, uh, you know, you can start a little sluggish. Yeah. What is it like but, coming into that game in the second half? Obviously, the first-team offense takes up a majority of the first half. You come in, and you're, it looks like you have all the energy in the world. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, obviously, you succeeded in that game. Yeah, I mean, I definitely had to get myself going because it's, it's tough to sit there for, you know, three quarters of football. Um, but no, it, it's fun anytime I get to get out there. Uh, I really like to just try to bring energy and be myself and um, just play some football. Kyle's only flaw this preseason, a failed two-point conversion against the Saints. Fade right, BC caught for the... Give it to him. For the... Now, come on! Was the two-point conversion good? I think it was good. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little bit biased, but I, if you're asking me, I think it was good. You know what? Speaking of that, the New Orleans one yeah. that was no good, Yeah, that was really close. It was and, close, I, and I was kind of upset that I feel like they didn't even review it. Yeah, like, it didn't look like it, but I don't remember if it was an elbow or a foot. It might have been a foot. A foot yeah. that touched down out of bounds first, yeah. which really stinks because you reached the pylon, yeah. and you reached it, not because your foot came down. Like, yeah. you didn't gain an advantage no. by having that foot down. It was just a split second. You know, know what I mean? It's like hindsight. I wish I could just keep that foot up just a little bit longer. I know. <laughs> I oh, know. Man. And the same thing for BC. He's probably like, ah, if I just could, I just yeah. needed a half an inch, right, on, <laughs> yep. a, on the two-point conversion catch. Yep, definitely. Um, they showed it on the stadium board, and the fans thought it was good, clearly. Yeah, it looked yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, 
clearly they saw something different. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, whatever, yeah. you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, let's not even get into it because the fumble, by the way, by David, th- that was a fumble by David Johnson, too, earlier yeah, in the game. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. No so, doubt. I mean, like, if you check Twitter, we're having a hard time here. Yeah. Bobbed out. So, yeah. anyway. are in preseason form, too. Right. right now. It's preseason. <laughs> we're not going to get mad about it. Okay. And we're just going to talk to Kyle about being Kyle Slaughter. So, anyway. Um, so, folks love you, dude. They love watching you play and they're rooting for you. I don't know, though, that everyone knows the backstory. I mean, the Broncos, your college career, the Broncos, the position change and all of that, you've been through a lot um, in your career. It's been a lot to handle, I'm sure, and you seem to have done it with a lot of grace and class. So I applaud you for that, but tell us a little bit about what it was like. Yeah, I mean, I I could really – it's kind of a long story, so I'll try not to bore you too much with it, but – Um, It kind of goes back to my days at Southern Miss, Um, you know, went there right out of high school. I was a quarterback and, uh, you know, I had a coaching staff that really enjoyed me and liked me. Well, unfortunately, we went Mm 0-12 and uh, coaches don't really tend to stick around when you go 0-12. So uh, we brought in a uh, new head coach. Um, He brought in his uh, new guys, Uh, had a a grad transfer from Cal, Um, brought in two freshmen and day one I show up for spring ball and I'm the number four. Okay. So, um, you know, that, that was kind of tough to handle. And, you know, I, I always felt like I was a team, team first player. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get on the field somewhere. And I asked him if I could switch to wide receiver. And at the time, he laughed at me. And I think they did it just kind of to appease me. And, you know, I wasn't very good at first. And, you know, it, it took me probably about half the year to kind of learn the ropes and everything because yeah. I'd never been receiver. So, um, I was always a pretty good athlete, but, um, you know, the, the route running is something that is really taken for granted that those guys do. Yeah, for um, sure. it, it, it's really a special ability to be able to run full speed and get in and out of cuts. And, you know, that's something that I really had to learn. And, you know, I never really got great at it. I could always catch the ball. But anyways, um, you know, I ended up playing like probably three or four games, ended up starting probably three games in two years for the guy. And, um you know, he brought me in. I had, I think, three hours left because we had to take um, a bunch of summer courses. So I had three hours left. I was about to take my last final of my um, junior year, spring junior semester after spring ball. Coach brings me in and tells me that uh, they don't really have a, a spot for me anymore. <laughs> so yeah. they take my scholarship. They tell me I'm not good enough to play for them. And, wow. Um, you know, that was kind of a tough moment for me. You know, a lot of thoughts go through your head at that time. It's like, well, I'm three hours from graduating. Do I just, you know, kind of face reality? And do I take the last three hours, you know, not on scholarship and finish up and go into the working world? Or, uh, you know, what are my next steps? Well, you know, I've kind of been like a determined um, person my whole life. And I, I really enjoy like, you know, proving people wrong. You know, I, I feel like I kind of, I've got, I get like a enjoyment of like proving people wrong to tell me I can't do anything or yeah. do something. So, you know, I, uh, I decided to look into transfer opportunities and, you know, I got three offers from, uh, Gardner Webb, Samford and, uh, Samford in Birmingham, not mm-hmm. Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that been... People always get that. They think I went to Stanford too. Yeah. I know it's, that, 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 that's that one okay. would have been really nice. I would have really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, and then Northern Colorado and the, the two that I, didn't choose uh, were for wide receiver so okay. they told me straight up you're playing receiver so northern colorado said that they were going to give me an opportunity at quarterback and i got there and i was in the quarterback room for about a week and a half my junior year redshirt junior year and uh they 
switch me to wide receiver. Okay. <laughs> so, and believe it or not, like at Southern Miss, I was getting like seven, eight snaps a game. Like I dropped down a level to FCS and I actually got zero reps. The, like, I think I had two catches my, you know, in against, who is it? Southern Utah or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Two catches, uh, you know, not a lot to stand on. I think that was the only game I played in. And, uh, you know, I remember just like kind of sitting there in my car after the year and just really like, you know, I'm not too proud to admit that like mm-hmm. I, I cried. I, I yeah. didn't know what I was doing. You know, I feel like I wasted a whole year. I lost 45 hours of credits, mm. um, you know, switching schools that the, they didn't trans over, transfer over from Southern Miss. And wow. Um, so I had to take 18 hours a semester in order to be eligible because by your senior year, you have to have so much completed in order to play. So, you know, at that time, I'm kind of sitting there, you know, before my senior year, I'm like, do I really want to even go back? Like, I could still go take three hours and just call it good. I don't have to worry about football. Like, I've got a job offer on the table for to be a financial advisor for when I'm done with oh, school. Wow. Um, so, you know, I kind of went to bed uh, in Atlanta when we had our little break or whatever. I went to bed, you know, thinking I was going to call my coach in the morning and let him know that I wasn't coming back. And, you know, I woke up and my senior year, I was slated to be the backup quarterback. They moved me back while playing receiver still. So I figured that I kind of waited my whole life to really be one play away from playing. So I was like, you know, I, I've never really quit anything that I've started. My parents never really let me do that. So uh, I just didn't grow up that way. So I kind of wanted to just finish out the semester and, you know, whatever happens, happens. So I uh, went back and um, was the backup quarterback and my first game we played some D3 school, supposed to be like a warm-up for us. And my first career pass was a pick six. So I, I go in yeah. second half of a blowout game, pick six. And the coach, we played so bad that second half. I think they, the opposing team, we were beating them like 45 nothing. It was like 28-45 yep. at the end of the game. Okay. So wow. like the coach went to the media. I had to read that we played so bad that he was contemplating putting the starters back in the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a tough one, um, you know, to handle. And, you know, I was kind of down on myself then. And, you know, I, I go into the second week and, you know, I, I was I was kind of determined. I was like, if I ever get a chance again, it's I'm probably not going to after the performance that, you know, you throw three balls. Or was all that incomplete. rock bottom for you right that there? Was, yeah, that was pretty much rock bottom. You're because, only going up. And yeah, then clearly you went, <laughs> you skyrocketed yeah. from so there. You, you transfer, um, expecting to play a position. You don't. Hours don't transfer over for school. Uh, yeah, I, I was pretty low at that point. And then, uh, you know, picked myself up and tried to study my, my butt off for Abilene Christian, who was the next team that we played. And um, our quarterback actually broke his shoulder uh, the first play of the game. And so I go in there. I still have my wide receiver gloves on because I'm playing backup wide receiver in the meantime, backup quarterback, backup wide receiver. And I go into the game, take the gloves off, go out there, try it onto the field. My very first pass is a 30-yard fade touchdown um, in the down the left side, left corner of the end zone. And, you know, at that point I'm kind of thinking that you know, maybe this guy is just banged up. He's coming back in. Like, I've thrown one touchdown in my college career. Like, I'm I'm good now. Like, I can at least tell my kids, like, I, I threw a touchdown in college. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. so I, I, I went to college as a quarterback, and I threw one touchdown. You know, yeah. a lot of people do a lot better, but, you know, yeah. I had that in my corner. So, you know, I'm walking over the sideline thinking that he's coming back on, and uh, he doesn't. So they tell me, hey, we're still looking at him. You're going back out there. Uh, I threw like a 20-yard completion, and my third pass goes for a 
30 yard touchdown. So I've got two touchdowns. So now I'm like, man, this is you can great. Tell your, you can tell your kid you had two. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> man, this is great. Like, I've, I've got two touchdowns. Like, I can freaking walk off into the sunset. Like, I'm, I'm good to go. So come back over to the sideline. They're like, he broke his shoulder. You're in for the rest of the game. So I think we're still in the first quarter. Um, I threw two more touchdowns before half, had four. And then I go back out there after half. Um, and we're, I think, losing at this point somehow. We're losing like 35 to 28. Not a lot of defense going on. <laughs> and I threw three more touchdowns and ran one Oh, in. my God. Whoa. What is that, like seven? Yeah. What are we at now? So okay. I, I threw seven and ran one, I think. And uh, was I went from not having played in the game to on Monday was uh, FCS National Player of the Week. Yeah, I would and, say so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I uh, – I got the, the start the next week because our, our guy was out for the rest I, of the I year. I hope and, you did. <laughs> yeah, and they, they told me that it was mine the rest of the way and had a pretty good senior year. I finished my college career on another seven-touchdown game against Cal Poly and got another uh, national player of the, the week. Wow. And, um, you know, at that point I'm kind of thinking, like, I, I really achieved my dream. Like, I, I wanted to play college football and uh, have a successful – career or year yep. or whatever it was and uh you know I, I still had that job offer on the table I'd graduated and you know I had an agent call me who I'm with right now and he was like man I think you could like really play in the NFL <laughs> and I'm like no like I'm I play in northern Colorado like you I played one year like <laughs> I started nine games ten yep. games whatever it was and uh I'm like guys that do this they play for Georgia they play for Alabama sure. they play for four years they get drafted in the first round they have long NFL careers they're on and TV like, and bowl games exactly. and Heisman finalists exactly yeah. yeah so like you know I, I sat there and contemplated it again I'm like do I want to waste three months of you know possibly not you know anything coming to this and just get to work and you know have three months more you know salary in my pocket or mm -hmm. what whatever and you know I again sat there and was like you know I've spent 18 years or 17 years of Doing my life this. on this game yep. like let's just give it three more months let's see what happens so I didn't get any phone calls didn't nothing like I, I went to my pro day and I was expecting to be like one of the faster quarterbacks in the draft and uh you know I've been running like four fives and stuff and you know I was expecting like that to get me like the physical appearance and ability yep. to get me on people's radar well go to my pro day at northern Colorado and there's 40 mile an hour winds. So we had like a lineman, they'd set it at our back. So we had like a lineman run like a four six. Yeah. So they're like, no, we're going inside. So we went inside to the gym on the gym floor. Whoa. And <laughs> I didn't bring tennis shoes. Like I was yeah. doing, I was doing everything on the turf. Jeez. So this is an unbelievable story. Yeah, I ran, I, mean, I ran in someone else's basketball shoes. And I think I ran like a four, six, seven, and the Panthers and the Cardinals were the only ones that were represented at our pro day, so yeah. two teams. And because it was a fast surface, they said, on the basketball court, they said that they were adding a tenth, oh, a tenth and a half. Geez, come on. So I go from running four or fives while I'm practicing to like a four, eight, five, it shows up in the books and stuff. And we, ha we actually had one kid tear his ACL doing a um, – a pro agility on Oof. the basketball court. He just like kind of skidded and it buckled and oh, like geez. it was it was just a bad deal. So, you know, I got a call the next day that they needed someone to throw at the University of Colorado Pro Day. So, you know, I was 
expecting like 32 teams. They said like 32 teams are going to be there to look at you. So not me, but to the guys you're throwing to. So I'm like, you know, it's another chance to go yeah, throw. Like, for yeah, sure. I, I couldn't I couldn't throw in 40 mile an hour winds like they didn't even try it. Yeah. So I was like, let's go throw it Colorado. And uh, I went there and they had us wait around for six hours. So like they let the Colorado guys do their thing. Cepho Lufau was the quarterback at the time. Yeah. Um, they let those guys go through and then they had like all the invites from other schools and stuff. And they didn't let me run again or do any of that stuff, but they let me throw at the end. And I probably had the best workout that I've ever had in my life. Like That's everything was on point. And after that, I had like 14 teams come up to me and talk to me. And so uh, there's a scout from Washington that still talks to me about it uh, to this day. Um, he, my very, the only errant pass that I had was the very first one. Okay. So I was throwing a six yard hitch and I rifled it way like 30 yards over the guy's head. And he said, I was walking out of the, the field house when I heard like the ball just crash against the wall, <laughs> like it went far. Yeah. Like I really missed this one. Flamethrower. Yeah. So he was like, that actually kept me in the stadium or in, in the field house. Like, so he, we he turned back around. Yeah. So he came back. He said like, whether it's true or not, I don't know. But yeah. we, uh, I had one of the best workouts I ever had. I got, um, you know, a little bit more attention, uh, not a ton, but I got a couple calls during the draft that never ended up being anything. Um, and then the Broncos called me and, they gave me a chance, and kind of from there, the rest is history. So. Yeah, oh, unbelievable. Wow. That's that's an, that is an unbelievable story. Thank you for yeah. taking us. I, I'm happy you told us the. <laughs> Sorry longer. for taking so much time. No, that's no, what we fun. wanted. <laughs> you know, and that's um, well, like you said, Kyle. Like not not everyone's Anthony Barr, right? Yeah. You know, exactly. Going to be taken in the top ten, and yeah. and and to Anthony's credit. A lot of guys with that hype come into the league and then and they don't. Fizzle out. They, they fizzle out. Anthony yeah. has not, so I don't yeah. mean to single him out. Yes, yes. He, he's a good example. Yeah. Um, a lot of people in this league have a story similar to that. Yeah. You know, to yours that mm-hmm. you just went through. It's it's hard. It's yeah. hard to make it. So now, as you're talking and talking us through all that, I'm thinking all the um, the pregame warmups that you spent with Kevin Stefanski like yeah. last year. You know, I don't I don't know what your routine was or what you guys were doing, but it was obviously very intentional, you know, yeah. and it's like it's hard work in this league it just is. to make it, you know, it is. I mean, there's there's so much that goes into it. I I was talking to Jake Browning the other day and I was like, man, it it really takes luck first. Like if you're not a guy that like is going in the top three, four rounds. Yep. Like it really takes luck first. Like mm-hmm. I so for my example that I gave him was. In Denver, I went there, so I had like three opportunities. The Washington Redskins were offering a good bit more signing bonus than Denver was. Denver was actually offering me the least, but I went there because they told me that I was going to be the three because they had drafted Chad Kelly, and at the time he had a wrist injury. Okay. So they said that you can walk in and be the number three and get reps. Now we don't know how long he's going to be out, and when he comes back, he's going to be our three. But I kind of just like played a hunch, and I was like, you know, maybe it takes longer for him to get back, and I got lucky, and I got all the three reps, and in Denver, they do it even. So they did, like, training camp and OTAs. Like, the ones got six reps, the twos got six reps. I got the same amount. Wow. So I got a ton of reps. And then in the fourth preseason game, I got the whole preseason game. Um, I wasn't supposed to play the third, and Paxton Lynch ended up hurting his shoulder, so I got a whole half. Like, I played a lot of football. And, like, had I gone anywhere else, I wouldn't have had that happen. Like, I just had a lot of instances that, like, I got really lucky, and then once you get lucky, you have to perform. Yeah. So you know, I, uh, you know, it's it's really 
it's really been heaven sent, honestly. It's uh, I'm pretty strong in my faith, and you know, it's I've God's been treating me right for yeah. you know He took me through a lot, but it's been uh, it's been really heaven sent. What's been your mindset going from Denver and then now coming to the Vikings when you, when you when you first got here back at Winter Park? It's uh what three years ago yeah. now. What has it been like your journey here? Obviously, you've stuck yeah. around, so yeah, it's yeah. been it's been positive. Well, I was actually talking with some of the guys earlier. I was like, imagine because we always get to this point in the season. It's like imagine learning an offense for six months, and then you have to learn a new one like like that. Like mm-hmm. you get released or cut. So like that's what happened with me in Denver. Like yeah. it, I feel like I had finally mastered the offense. Yep. And then like you got you got to learn a new one. So it's a little disheartening in a way. Like this is definitely I made the choice to come here. Like I wanted to be here, but having to learn like the mental side of it was pretty exhausting my rookie year. I'm sure. Um just because you have to go through and you have to learn a whole new offense. Like it's it's definitely not easy, especially like NFL offenses are not college. Like you have to mm-hmm. really be in your book. There's nuances. I mean this is our job. Like we're yeah. here nine hours a day doing this. Yep. So it's not just like, you know, you get two hours of meetings in college and you know, it's at a very basic level. Like it's very much so like you're a pro you got, it's your job. Yep. So that was, uh, that was tough. Um, but you know, after all that kind of subsided and going into my second year and, uh, being there for Filippo's whole install and offense and getting to learn all that good stuff, like, um, it's been great. I mean, I I love being here. I uh, I really don't want to be anywhere else. Um, this is where you know, if you ask me today, like, where do you see your career going? Like, I want to be a Viking for my entire career. Like, I love Minnesota. I love the people. Love the fans. Love the coaches. The coaching staff. My teammates. Um, Look, the facility we're in. Yeah. O- ownership. Yeah. You know? The yeah. O- ownership's amazing. I mean, they they put their money where their mouth is. They like yeah. they've taken care of us. The food's great. I mean. The food is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it really from top to bottom is just first class, and they take care of you. And, you know, it's it's different in the sense that, like, when what I really value from, you know, the higher-ups is that, like, they do what they say they're going to do. Like, a lot of places you go, like, they told me in Denver, like, three days before my last preseason game that I was going to be on the team. Like, don't go out there and get hurt. Like, you got to play the whole time because Paxton was hurt, so I was the mm-hmm. only other quarterback on the roster. It was Trevor Simeon and me. Yeah. So like you, you're on the team, so don't go out there and get hurt. Like play well, but like be smart. And then four days later, yeah. I'm looking for a job. You know? Yeah. So yeah, crazy, it's unbelievable. Um, one last thing I wanted to to get from you because yeah. I think you you have a cool perspective, and I already mentioned Kevin Stefanski, the offensive coordinator. But yeah, you know you. I've I've gotten to work with him mm-hmm. since he got here in 06. Yeah. But you've gotten really to work with him in yeah. the same room as him and all that. Yeah. So tell the folks who are listening. You know what you've sort of learned yeah. from Kevin or about Kevin, and yeah. and how do you think he's going to do as the offensive coordinator once we start playing games? Yeah, you know, I, I think that the biggest thing that serves him well in the job that he's about to do is that he's just very calm and cool and collected. Yeah, you know, he doesn't, and that was something that I was I really admired from him last year when he took over, was that. It, it didn't seem too big, you know, like it's hard to come in midway through the year. Like it's one thing to like go through OTAs and all that kind of stuff and, and training camp and like, you know, you're the OC, yep. but you know, he jumped in in the middle of it and just handled it so well. Like he killed it. He, yep. he's very, you know, he's got a, a cool way of looking at, at things. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be too complicated. He believes that playing fast is more important than, 
you know, the X's and the O's. Like, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter what kind of plays we put out there if we can't execute them at a high level and fast, yeah. you know? So he's, uh, you know, I, I just really admire him in the way that he's handled his business. Um, he loves to get close to us and get to know us as people. Um, you know, I, I really just, I love him more for the person that he is. You yeah. know, he's been welcoming to me ever since I got here. Um, you know, he's he's kind of like a weird mix of like, a father figure and a friend for me because mm-hmm. um, I came in as a, a young guy and he really took me under his wing and he had me stay early or stay late and come early right. for meetings and stuff my rookie year so I could really try to grasp the offense and um, you know he works out with me before the the game and yep. he, he really tries to make it a point to his players that like you know if you're if you're here and you're going to be here like we want to get you as good as you can be no matter who you are you know like he could that's awesome he could really put me aside and be like hey you're the third or fourth quarterback the last two years and um be like we don't really need to worry about you playing anytime soon but you know he's a guy that's like hey you're on our roster like i want you to be as good as you can possibly be so he worked with me extra and um really got me to be the player that i am um you know in the sense of like the the mental side of the game and the where, what I think about when I'm back there playing the cool. game. Cool. Yeah, that's great. We, we don't get to spend much time with you, but I'm glad that we got to on this <laughs> yeah, one. This was um, awesome. You know, thanks for we we us. intentionally didn't get into like you know the Buffalo game and yeah, what's going to yeah. happen. I mean, we yeah. don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. I want to hear PA like get excited again on yeah. the mic. Yeah. I don't know if so. you heard that call that he had for you, but he was uh, he knew yeah. success was coming. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> that's funny. If you play on Thursday, good luck. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you on the road trip for sure, and then we'll get back here and start getting ready for the season. We're excited for it, and we thank you for your time, man. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thanks you for bet. having me. All right, Kyle. Yep. Okay, so now we get to bring in um, not only a friend of mine, but also someone who is an expert in a, a topic that a lot of our listeners are going to uh, find interesting, Chris. It's, it's, we are right in the thick of fantasy football draft season. So you've either already had your draft and you're wondering how you did, or your draft is coming up in the next few days or nights. So Paul Charchian joins us right now. Now, before we bring him in, you can go to fanball.com slash charch. If you want more of Charch's opinions, then you'll get in this discussion. Go to that website, fanball.com slash charch to get his cheat sheets and lots of other information. You can find him on Twitter, at Paul Charchian, at Paul Charchian on Twitter. He's also the host of Fantasy Football Weekly, which you can hear locally here on KFAN FM 100.3. That's Saturday mornings. Fantasy Football Weekly, which is, uh, I believe, one of the longest, if not the longest-running fantasy football radio shows in the country. Hi, Charge. It is the longest. It is the longest. Yeah, I'm, you know, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just a fact. I'm not bragging. It's a fact. <laughs> you know, we, you know, we found we found some station manager gullible enough not to take us off the air for 25 years. Right. So, yeah. And- and Fantasy Football yeah. Weekly is a big deal because it's in-season, it's weekly, it's pickups and drops and trades and and who should I start. But you guys, before all of that even begins every year, you, you actually have a training camp for fantasy football, don't you? Yes. Um, we draw almost 1,000 people to our fantasy football training camp with mm-hmm. deep dive data and uh, we simulcast the radio show and do talk about all the stuff that's just too, you know, in radio, you can't use numbers and analysis and graphs and charts but when we got a thousand people in a room we can do that so mm-hmm. we have a ton of fun with it and uh we just executed our our i think 10th or 11th or 12th uh fantasy football training camp last weekend yeah you know and and 
fantasy sports is is big industry, and the reason I bring that up is I know that you're in the Fantasy Sports Hall of Fame, the Fantasy Sports Writers Hall of Fame, and either you currently are or you were at one time the president of the of the trade industry for fantasy sports. So th- this fantasy sports is a big industry, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's huge. It's a multi billion dollar industry. Um, there's a reason that. Um, you know, ESPN does a, a three-day takeover of their site, uh, their channel, rather, for, uh, for fantasy uh, in the middle of August mm-hmm. and why they devote so much time to it. The, um, the only page that gets more, um, more hits for ESPN, uh, ESPN's website than the fantasy homepage is ESPN.com. Wow. And after that, it's all fantasy, it's all fantasy pages and fantasy football at that. It's, it's a massive industry. Almost one in three males under 50 play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, you know, we all know, we all know people who play yep. every single person listening right now, either plays or knows somebody who plays. Yeah, that, that's it's, right. Yeah, it's a juggernaut because we love it. We don't quit playing because it's super fun. Yeah. You know, uh, Vikings GM Rick Spielman always talks about his favorite time of year is getting ready for the draft and then draft day for him. That's, yeah. you know, and he loves game days and Sundays and all that. And, and he's been doing this for a long time and, you know, so he doesn't not like any of it. He, he he likes the games too. But for him, it's the draft. For you, Charge, are, do you have the same mindset maybe that Rick does? Is draft day and getting ready for drafts this time of year your favorite for fantasy football, or do you like the in season stuff? No, I, I do. I like I love I love the drafts. It's so much fun. And whether you know if it's in person with all your friends, especially, and you know those people you only see once a year at the draft and the camaraderie and. A lot of people will, will turn it into a golf outing or a bowling outing or whatever. Just, you know, drinks, friends, you know, just that social element, which is really at the core of fantasy, is what makes it great. It's, it's not the same as sports betting. You know, mm-hmm. with sports betting, it's, it, it really is different. It's just about winning and losing and money. And, you know, fantasy is about the social aspect of it. And, you know, if you break down your you know, whatever, your $80 entry fee spread across 16 weeks, you have so little money on the line, it's, yeah. it's never really about the money. So, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the, it's the part of the beauty of fantasy sports is, um, is getting together, drafting these players, being with friends, and then trying to, you know, trying to outfox everybody the rest of the way. Yeah, that is the best part of it. I still have a group of friends uh, back on the East Coast who we all dress up in suits every year. And we've done it for 15 years now. And I'm out here in the Midwest wearing a suit with shorts on and a video chat while we drafted the other night. So um, that's the dress code, and it hasn't changed since we were kids. So it's uh, probably the best night of the year for fantasy, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, Charge, the last thing I have on this, I want to. I think folks listening are going to be interested in hearing about Vikings and f- their fantasy value. So I'm, I'm going to get to that with you yeah. in, in a moment. But just the last thing on this in general, um, you know, I think one cool thing too, because you mentioned the social aspect of it, Charge, and one cool thing about you know the leagues that you're in is you know the aside from the money, the prizes that leagues might have for winning it, like a traveling trophy, or the punishments that you might have yeah. you know, for losing it. And Bobby, what you might let's have talk to about do. one of the punishments yeah, you yeah. just... Uh, <laughs> I already told Charge about this, okay? Can, uh, can you talk about it? Yeah, can you I, let the fans know? <laughs> listen, I, I, had, yeah, I, had to, um, I had to go number one in my pants for <laughs> finishing in last place in my, in my fantasy league. Okay, so everyone knows about that. That's great. But I'm sure you heard lots of great um, stories, Charge. Uh, either the, the 
traveling trophies or the punishments. Yeah. And, and that's a fun part of this too, isn't it? It is. Um, more so the punishments. I mean, the trophies, you can only do so much, right? Um, yeah. Um, there's more you can do with the punishments that are out there now. Um, and one of my favorites is the requirement for the loser to take the ACT test oh. and publish the results to the league. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, that's there, pretty terrible. One. I'll, I'll give you a couple others. Um, the winner gets to write the script for the loser's open mic comedy. Ooh. <laughs> and the loser's got to go do open mic comedy and has to go do that word for word, verbatim, that script. Mm, boy. Imagine what you could do with that. Right. That's, not good. Yeah, that's yeah. not a good one. But, um, we've seen body piercings. Oof. We've seen tattoos. Tattoos, yeah. Yep. <laughs> We've seen the sandwich board on the side of the road yeah. where you get the big sandwich board, you know, my, you know, I suck at fantasy football, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, people can get uh, creative and, um, and well, I mean, oh, how about this? This is a good one, too. I know the league in, um, in Washington, D.C., where the winner um, gets to choose a location in the United States to which the loser must go on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, no. They have chosen places like the top of Devil's Tower. Oh, no. That's awesome. Oh, so you might not be able to watch the game. You may not be able to watch the game. Oh. And International (laughs) Falls, Minnesota. Yeah. So this is a group from Washington, D.C. So you have to go to the northernmost point of the continental U.S. and spend your your Super Bowl day in in International Falls, Minnesota. Or anywhere in Wisconsin where they don't have running water and electricity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be terrible. Where the, the, the silo blocks the, uh, the satellite dish. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, all right. Let's, um, let's deep dive a little bit on some Vikings charge for, for the Vikings faithful who are listening. You know, and they, they want to know, if, if they haven't drafted yet, where should I, you know, where do I have to take Dalvin to get Dalvin? Where do I have to take Diggs to get Diggs? Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen? Yeah, That's the yeah Diggs or Thielen. Yeah. Uh, so walk us through a little. I mean, we can all look at your at your cheat sheet on fanball.com slash charge. Uh, but walk us yep. through your thinking a little bit on some of these Vikings skill position players. Well, I'm really, really high on Dalvin and have been from, uh, from the beginning. Uh, his third preseason game, that breakaway run, yeah. I think, you know, changed – Changed a lot of things in pro, you know. It it's that happened recently, so I don't have new data, but that's the kind of stuff that forces a player to move up half a round or a round in their fantasy drafts. And um, and I think if you want to be sure to get Dalvin Cook, you're going to have to take him at the beginning of the second round. He'll definitely go in the middle of the second round. So if you want to be sure to get him, that's your that's what you're looking at. And I I think that's that's not necessarily a mistake. This is an offense that I I really believe that when they brought in Kubiak and Dennison, they went through last year's tape, and they said, all right, when we look at our passing game, we've got a quarterback who played inconsistently. When we look at our running game, we have a running back who didn't leave a yard on the field Mm -hmm. that maximized every single carry. We're going to do more to get him the ball. Uh, Dalvin Cook quietly had a fantastic season running behind a very uh, inconsistent line, and 
I thought he was uh, I thought he was marvelous, and I think this I think this offensive group knows that they'll uh, they use him at the goal line. Not terribly worried about Alexander Madison, despite all the use in the in the preseason. I don't think he's going to be a major factor, um, and I don't think he'll be a, a goal line uh, goal line guy. I don't think he'll steal the ball from Dalvin Cook. So I. I love Dalvin Cook. You're just going to have to be a little aggressive if you want to if you want to get him, especially in this market. Yeah, Charge. You know, honestly, with um, you know with Dalvin, I think the only potential drawback is you hope that he stays healthy. So, yep. in that respect, in deep leagues with lots of bench spots, would you recommend Madison as a backup or handcuff, or would you not? Um, I'm not normally a big fan of, of burning a roster spot on the chance that your other guy gets hurt. Okay. But Cook does have the history of injury, and, um, and and Madison would be the right guy. So I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I would probably you know, roll the dice on somebody else with that pick who's got, you know, can contribute to me in any given week and has the chance to be a, a breakout player. Okay. All right. What, uh, about, what about Thielen or Stefan Diggs? That was my next that question. That is like yep. the biggest well, question. Yeah. Who are, which one? They're 9 and 10 on my MHG right now, so they're – you know, really, you're in you're in coin flip territory to some degree here, um, but I have Thielen higher because I believe he will catch more passes and never missed a game. You know, it, you know, Diggs does have the history of getting dinged up, and so that's you know, that's the only that's the only distinction here. And then, of course, Thielen showed through the first half of last season that he has wide receiver one, you know, like number one overall upside to him that we've never seen with Diggs. So, you know, if, if we think that the Vikings offense is really going to come together and you can get 16 weeks out of Adam Thielen like you got out of the first eight weeks last year, um, then, you know, Thielen, Thielen deserves to be a spot higher than Diggs. But, you know, you, can, you really could go with the guy that you – whichever guy you prefer. You can't argue with the guy who had 100 yards a game for, like, what, nine straight weeks last yeah, year? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and was, was on pace to set the all-time single-season reception record and most of us get something for a rece- for each reception now, and, and most of us get a full point per reception. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's part of the distinction for Thielen. I'm going to take you through my first two picks in a 12-team league. I had the eighth overall pick. Mm-hmm. I got David Johnson at number eight, which I thought he dropped. And then coming back around, I got Antonio Brown with the second pick, which I'm very intrigued with on a new team there. How do you feel that I did with those first two picks? Those are two picks I never would have made. Um, incredibly <laughs> risky picks. Um, I don't, I don't what about Kyler Murray, though? <laughs> well, I don't want to have all the risk. Uh, in, where I want the risk in my draft is at the bottom of my draft, not at the top. And I thought they were value picks. A ton of risk. Well, they, they kind of are. Maybe not so much Johnson. That's about where he goes. Um, so let's just talk it through for a minute. Johnson's a really good back hamstrung by a horrible offensive line that saw really curtail him last year. And then I think your hope is, Kyle, as a receiver, Kyler Murray drops back to pass, line disintegrates, Murray rolls out, he's looking for receivers, and there's David Johnson, you know, seven yards downfield, bang. You go hit him for easy yards. A little screen and pass. I think that's, yeah, um, screen passes, I think you're going to see, you should see plenty of that. Um I just there's so many moving parts. This is a totally new offense with a rookie quarterback. I think it's going to be very inconsistent. It could it's going to be great game, bad game, bad game, great game, great game, bad game, and you're not you may not know when they're coming for him. And Antonio Brown, everybody knows you know what you're facing with him. That's you know does he even love the game of football? Does he 
does his coaching staff at some point pull their hair out? And maybe even a bigger concern if he does play 16 games is he now has the least accurate deep passing quarterback in the league throwing him the ball, and he's come from one of the all-time best deep passing strong-armed quarterbacks in the league. And is that go- how much is that going to change you know his his fantasy viability and and production and. So there's there's a ton of moving parts with both of those guys. Tons of risk, tons of upside. Um, Antonio Brown is last year's number one or number two highest scoring uh, fantasy wide receiver. If you can get anything close to that, then it's a steal. Well, yeah, but the bad news charge for Corso is he's got to bench Antonio Brown in week three. Vikings. That's right. That's I right. agree with that. I might have to do that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna so. I'm gonna save that audio so when I win my league, I'll, I'll come back. Let's and, just uh... keep savaging Corso. <laughs> right. I mean, here. Here's what I want you to do. I, you know, just book me like week 17 after you won your league in week 16. I'll have long forgotten that we had this conversation, and you don't even mention it. And then I come on the air, and you play this audio back for me. Right. I love it. So right. You were so dumb. That's a deal. So that is definitely a deal. <laughs> hey, last thing charge for me and something that you've been talking a lot about the last two years, the guillotine league. There are going to be some folks listening who haven't heard of this. Um, and I'd like you to sort of stream your consciousness a little bit on the Guillotine League, why you like it, and, and how folks can play with, uh, with you guys. It's the hottest new format in fantasy sports, and maybe the hottest new development ever in fantasy sports because the format is just so much fun and so cool. You start with 17 people, and every week the low-scoring player gets eliminated from the league, and their player their entire roster goes to the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. So now the other 16 teams get to feast on your whole draft of players. Not you, hopefully. Hopefully somebody else's draft of players. Right. You and everybody else gets to draft, gets to pick up all those players. And that happens every week until there's one team left. And it's fascinating. The strategies that you use, as an example, let's just say at the, at the end of week one, you know, the Falcons, I understand, have a tough matchup in week one. I believe they do, three. yes. Yes. Yeah. So... There's a team. There's a team in my league, that a guillotine league, that is starting Matt Ryan, Austin Hooper, and Julio Jones. I think that's your odds-on favorite to get knocked out. So here comes, in, and let's just say they do get knocked out in week one. Matt Ryan is my number two quarterback. Julio Jones is my number seven wide receiver. Austin Hooper is like my number ten or eleven tight end. Those are good players. Yeah. Do you and you've got your free agent bidding pool of money. Um, how do you push all your chips in to go get these elite players knowing you could start them for another 15 weeks? Or do you save your money? Because next week it's going to be another set of really good players. Fascinating strategies and tons of fun. The Guillotine League, you can uh, learn more and join one at any price point, including free, at guillotineleague.com. Awesome. And and this is, I mean, so do you have a separate cheat sheet for Guillotine Leagues, Charge? You know, I don't. Um, you know, I should. If I could clone myself, I would. Um, but I think the the big thing that you need to know for guillotine leagues is you don't want to, A, no, I would never stack a bunch of starters from one team like this team just did with the Falcons, especially with the Vikings in week one. Mm-hmm. But two, you want consistent output guys. What you don't want to have are a bunch of guys that are reliant on special things happening and otherwise give you very little. Rushing quarterbacks. If Lamar Jackson doesn't run for a bunch of yards, he probably won't pass them, pass it for a bunch of yards, and he'll, he'll hurt you that way. Right. A guy like Deshaun Jackson, who's a long ball specialist, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't catch that long touchdown, he hurts you. Tariq Cohen, who will give you very little on the ground, and if he doesn't have that 
six, seven catch game for 60 or 70 yards, he hurts you. So you want consistent guys who um, that every week put together solid games rather than the high upside, high downside guys. Yeah, it was fun last year, you know, following you on Twitter as I do, you would, you would um, tweet who the waiver wire guys were for that week. You would tweet out the list of names of players who were going to hit the waiver wire because some team just got guillotined, you know? Yeah, and it only gets crazier as the week goes on. Yeah. You know, in week one, it's, you're, you've got somebody's entire draft. But beginning week two, they've started picking up other good players through okay, the waiver yeah. wire system. Yeah. And so they have even better, you know, every week it's better and better teams that have been loading up through the, the waiver system on all these other players. And so every week, the players that are getting getting cut are even better. Yeah, it's yeah, it's bonkers. And, and it ended up being my most enjoyable league last year when we did it as an experiment. And now, decide to let anybody who wants to play join a guillotine league. In the VEN league here with the Vikings, I, I know the guy who has the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Who who would that guy want to take? Well, the temptation is going to be to take Saquon Barkley, who is going off the board on average as the number one pick. But here's why I wouldn't do it in the guillotine league. That's what I was going to take. (laughs) He's got got more chances for downside. So think about it. You've got a middling offensive line for the Giants. That could curtail him. You have a potential change of quarterback coming. That could curtail Saquon Barkley. And then last thing, Giants might have the worst defense in the NFL. There's a real chance. I mean, on paper, they look like they're headed to potentially be the worst defense in the NFL. That would take the running game out of second half game plan. I mean, there's, there's a, and he's an elite, obviously elite talent, right? Saquon Barkley, and he'll, he'll still catch passes even when they're behind. But those are all things that could work against him and give him some flop games that you're not going to see out of Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. who wow. suffers none of those things. You've got a rock steady quarterback in Drew Brees. He catches tons of passes. He's, their, their offense is so good, they always score points. The defense is good, so they never have to abandon the running game. Just There's no downside with Alvin Kamara. So he, he would be the selection I would make first. Interesting. What if you're on the back end of that charge? What if you're uh, 16, 17, and then you know, 18, so, 19? Yeah, you're in this guillotine league, and you don't want to get chopped. Right. The most dangerous thing you can do is to take high-risk running backs at the end of the first round. Those are the guys that flame out more than any other. You're not so worried about Kamara and Barkley and McCaffrey. I mean, those guys are pretty safe. It's the running backs that have got a bunch of warts that nobody wanted to take early that are going to be much more dangerous for you. When at the end of that round, instead, you can get guys like Adam Thielen and Julio Jones and Stefan Diggs. And you can get an elite tight end like a Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. That's the, you know, those are the guys that are great every year these you know the, the wide receivers just they're always good you know they play they perform the way they should perform almost always so mm-hmm. that's what i would do at the end is i would i would i would secure safety because again your goal isn't finish first to not finish last in any given week never finish last you get nothing for finishing first in a week right so we want safety awesome hey um for uh we're, we're gonna wrap this up charge even though we could talk to you for another hour um fantasy football weekly saturday mornings um for folks here locally they can listen to it on kfan and if you're not local you can podcast it what sorts of things do you talk about um weekly on on fantasy football weekly what do you do on the show well, with the remainder of the preseason, we're still oriented really towards the draft and auctions for people that haven't done that yet. I am trying to make sure that you, you hit that right. But, you know, we're really only uh, 10 days, 11, 12 days away from starting our regular season cycle where 
really the shows are all about breaking down each week's matchups fantasy style mm-hmm. and telling you what to expect, who you can start, who you, who you need to bench, um, and then uh, who are the emerging players that you want to be a week ahead on. Okay. And we've got a segment we call Premature Speculation where we, we talk about who we think are going to be the hot names on the waiver wire next week that you'll want to pick up now. Awesome. So those are the kinds of things that we do. Um, and the podcast, conveniently, is available Friday night um, through the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, and anywhere else that you like podcasts. You can get Fantasy Football Weekly beginning Friday evening. And then again, as you mentioned, it airs locally in the Twin Cities market and across the fan radio network uh, from 10 to noon Saturday. Awesome. And then uh, you and I on Fridays with Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen at Buffalo Wild Wings Charge. My segments are at 11 o'clock this year. So you and I will discuss the uh, upcoming Vikings matchup Fridays at 11 o'clock at the Friday Football Feast, and I look forward to that. Oakdale, uh, week one, I believe. Yep, Oakdale. That's correct. So not far, not far from uh, from world headquarters. That's no, no, it's not. It's not bad at all. Exactly. All right, um, this is Paul Charchian that you're listening to. You can follow him on Twitter at Paul Charchian, at Paul Charchian on Twitter. Fanball.com/slash/charch. If you haven't drafted yet and you want to see a good cheat sheet, go there and check it out. Thanks, Charch. Uh, you're a great friend, and you're a great guest for the podcast, so we appreciate you taking some time. I know you're busy. It's a, it's a high-demand time of year for you, and you do radio spots all across the country, and it was kind of you to do this for us right here. We appreciate it. All right, from fantasy football to prep football, Chris, we're going to have some high school games for the second consecutive year. TCO Performance Center and the Vikings are going to host some high school football games right here in Egan. Uh, it'll be three high school football games at TCO Performance Center for the Vikings Prep Spotlight, presented by FVP. The first game will be Friday night, September 20th, Eden Prairie against Shakopee at 7 o'clock. The second game, one week later, Friday night, September 27th, Chaska versus Apple Valley at 7 o'clock, and then a game the following day, Saturday, September 28th, Rochester Mail versus Mankato West at 6 p.m. Those are the three high school games that will be hosted by the Vikings at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center this season. For more on the Prep Spotlight or Vikings Youth Football Initiatives, you can visit vikings.com slash prep. When this was announced, Kirk Cousins had a press conference the same day, and I thought he had kind of a cool quote about you know his thoughts on his high school football experience and what high school football means to the sport of football. So here's what our quarterback had to say. I've had a joy playing professional football. I'm living a dream. College football was outstanding. There is nothing better than high school football, playing Friday night under the lights in front of your people, your classmates and friends and, and, uh, and your parents, your family, for your community. It's special. And those are my best memories on the football field. And I, every time I talk to a high school football player, I encourage them to Cherish the moment because even if you get to play beyond that, there's nothing like those those times with your buddies playing high school football. So I, I actually find myself when they play here, I drive over on Friday evening and park and walk up to our cafeteria and watch from the third floor window just because I gravitate towards high school football and I love it so much. So I love the bands and the, the whole deal. So, um, you know, whenever I get a chance, like on a bye week, if I can get home, I, I make a point to get to my high school to watch their Friday night game because it means something to me. And uh, when I'm done playing, I'd probably like to go be a high school quarterback coach somewhere at a local school and help out because I just love it. So, so glad the Vikings are willing to have them here and, and uh, have some, some fun games here. All right. 
fan voicemail time. Let's go. We got some good ones. We have some. I mean, a lot of a lot of repeat callers, but man, the passion out of these people. I like. This is why we we introduced this segment for yeah. people like you are about to hear. <laughs> All right. So the question was, who's going to be the Vikings MVP in 2019? It's right? a great. It's a perfect timely question All for right. the team. Okay. So who's going to be the team's MVP for 2019? Fan voicemails. Number one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, Mike Wabi. This is uh, hey. Anders from Grand Rapids, Minnesota. And I think that if the Vikings are going to have success in the 2019 season, that Dalvin Cook is going to have to stay healthy and have a productive year. I think with the new Kupanski offense and with the improved offensive line, that he is going to have a great year, rush for 1,800 yards and 20 touchdowns, and he will be the Vikings MVP in 2019. Skull. Jeez. Um, 1,800 yards, he 20 might be touchdowns. The, I think he'd be the MVP of the of, of the, the league. Of the history of the league. All right. <laughs> um, okay, Honors, I hear you. I, I like that. Hey, by the way, I liked Koob Fansky. Isn't that what he said? I think he said the Koob Fansky offense. The Koob Fansky offense. Yeah. I like that. I might even steal it and use it. Um, if uh, if Dalvin Cook does that, 1,800 yards and 20 touchdowns, we're going to have a good season. I, I agree. All right. Fan voicemail number two. Hey, Chris Cohen from Denton, Texas. After this preseason game, it's a good thing I drank my purple Kool-Aid because it has inspired me with optimism for my MVP, the Fresh Prince of Minnesota, <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Uh-huh. Now, this is a story all about how Wild Blacks got flipped, turned upside down. We brought in a QB. It was number eight, eight, seven, and one, though. It was not great. He whistled for the draft, and it was clear. Our number one pick, Bradbury's here. He got a better up front. Do not despair. Now, Cousins, this season goes on a tear. Our red zone woes will go away. TD, instead of three, he's going to make the play. Here in Skull Nation, we're family. We'll call Kirk our brother and MVP. <laughs> not only is he our fresh prince, but he is also our Lion King. Win the Vikings, win the, win the Vikings. From the day he arrived in Minnesota, expectations were very high. We hoped he'd be our MVP, but 2018 nearly made us cry. He will fly. He will not take sacks. He will throw few picks and move the sticks. He will find a way. <laughs> it's Kirk's path unwinding. Yeah. RMVP to the Super. God bless. God bless. I, I feel like we. Can, <laughs> I feel like we should help. We should help Chris out by by playing the right music behind it. Like we should help him out. So 
I mean, with all that extra time you have, Chris, uh, I think I think you should time up a music bed with this and help him out, man. I mean, I had some extra time this morning. I was driving in, and I was like, I'm going to listen to these voicemails that we got this week. And I listened in the car, and I was cracking up yeah. on that one. That I was mean, like the most passion I have ever heard out of a... F- I mean, he had to come up with the lyrics for Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Right. Which in, he nailed. Into Lion King. Into Lion King. I mean, yeah. the imagination is just, I mean, if it's you, an A+. Plus. If you want to take this segment up to the next level, you need to play music bed, a music bed underneath that. Okay? Yeah, because we can get in trouble. You guys can't. So. Now, now, Chris, I mean, he, he acapella works for him. I'm not saying he can't be acapella, but, I mean, we, we can help him. I mean, he's, he's given us max effort. The so effort we can match is, him. I can't right. even, God, he's excelling. Love him. Okay, next. Hey, Wabi and Chris, Viking fan Aaron from Green Bay. Boy, after last week, I kind of wish I had my take back about the preseason because it sure seems as though the winds of change are blowing given some of the debacles off of this last week. But we're talking about MVP this year, and uh, for me, the key word continues to be balance. And so when you're looking at the defensive side of the ball, I think that actually works against finding your MVP on the defensive side of the ball. Even take, like, the Neil Hunter last year, 14 and a half sacks, but had he been more selfish he certainly could have probably gained some more although Zim probably wouldn't have been happy he wouldn't have seen the field very much but so on that side of the ball I think if they do well there'll be a lot of different guys making plays and it'd be hard to find your MVP there so if you go to the offensive side of the ball still need balance and uh, the guy that I think is going to make all that work it's got to be number eight it's got to be Kirk Cousins and you saw what happens when he's off his game a little bit this last preseason game the ball delivered you know, off target, the ball's not delivered on time, wrong routes are run. If the offense can stay balanced, then I think, you know, 4,300 yards and 30 touchdowns is probably the floor, and you work your way up a little bit from there. And so I'm hoping they're successful this year, and I want to see Kirk Cousins as your 2019 Minnesota Vikings MVP, Skull Vikes. All right. 4,300 yards and 30 touchdowns, I'd say that's a pretty good floor because that's what he had yeah. last year around. So. Yeah, yeah. What what I'm more concerned about is reducing the number forty. Do you know what that number was? Sacks. Number of sacks. If we can reduce that, I think we'll be in good shape. All right. So uh, two votes for the quarterback, Kirk Cousins, and one for Dalvin Cook. This next one has. Oh, we got another one. A lot okay. of creativity as well. Okay. Here we go. Hi everyone. This is Curtis from Eastern Pennsylvania. I'm going to tell you about who my Vikings 2019 MVP is. So let's fast forward to February of 2020. Here we are at Super Bowl 52 in Miami between the Vikings and the Chiefs. The Vikings just took the lead, 32-28. to 28. On a Kyle Slaughter touchdown pass in for the injured Kirk Cousins to B.C. Johnson for 32 yards. Now it's six seconds left. The Chiefs have the ball to Vikings 19. It's third and goal. Two receivers left, two receivers right. Mahomes back to pass. Looking, looking, looking. Fires the end zone. The ball's tipped. It's intercepted by Harrison Smith. The Vikings have won the Super Bowl. The Vikings are world champions. It's a miracle in Miami. Harrison Smith is my Vikings 2019 MVP. I like it. A different take, I finally. Got, I got the chills. Now. I got um, the chills there. A Vikings-Chiefs Super Bowl has happened once uh, previous to this year. It didn't go our way. So we'd, we would... Uh, we turned the tide on him a little bit and beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'll, I'll take it. That that was he painted a nice picture. Yeah, right there. A, a defensive MVP. Now the Vikings have had a player 
a defender win the NFL MVP before. That is right. Alan Page. Alan Page. Yeah, Alan Page did it. What year was it? 1973? 1975, I believe. NFL MVP Alan Page. So we'll see if Harrison Smith can duplicate it. All right, do we got any more? One more. Okay, here we go. Is this is this my man Van? You know it. Okay. You know Who's it. Who's Van impersonating this time? This is Van in Fort Worth, Texas, the Minnesota Vikings capital of the South, and I'm here in the swamp floating on a lily pad with my lean, <laughs> not so mean and green amphibious friend, Kermit. Hi, old Wobby and Chris. I'll just get moving right along with answering your question before Figgy comes home. And whacks me over the head for letting Gonzo get chicken feathers all over the lily pad. Now maybe someday cousins will find it. The rainbow connection with enough wide receivers often enough to get us to the playoffs. But until he does, he won't sniff MVP. For now, the special player that will go Gonzo enough to be the team's MVP at the end of the 2019 season will be the player that causes electric mayhem for D coordinators. You know him, you love him, he's Dalvin the Shot Cook. Yay! <laughs> He'll serve up heaping helpings of hyperactive hustle, hellaciously hurting, humbled, helpless defenses. You call this a show? I would have been better off staying at home, putting up a goalpost in my yard to keep the Green Bay Packer fans out. <laughs> Was that the Swedish chef? Well, oh. that's our show, Wobby and Chris. Gold Vikings from Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah. What is? Oh what is happening? God. What is happening oh to my, our podcast? We, we wouldn't like. I like. I wouldn't play his his audio every week if it wasn't phenomenal. Well, well, Van Van brings his A game all the time. So if folks listening are like, oh, really, Van again five times in a row. Like Van, Van is bringing the A game. So if you want to knock Van <laughs> out of the out of the voicemails, you have to call Please. and leave us a voicemail. Knock him out. Give him the number. Because until you do that, Van is going to be in there every single week. Okay, he's the king. Yeah, Van is the king of the voicemails. We're going to do this again next week, obviously. So, the week seven question, due to this being the 100th season of the NFL and our storied history with almost everyone on our 2019 schedule, the game you're looking forward to the most. In 2019 is our game against fill in the blank and tell us why. We got a pretty good schedule. Tell them the phone number. The phone number for you to call 952 918 8438. 952 918 8438. Van has it on speed dial, but the rest of you need to write that down. Call the number and leave us a voicemail. The team that you're most looking forward to watching the Vikings play in 2019 is. Let us know. Tell us the team and why. It might be a storied rivalry, an NFC North team. It might be a team we've uh, faced in the Super Bowl, which two of them are on the schedule for us this year, uh, the Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, it might be the Dallas Cowboys because you're still pissed off about the Hail Mary. Might be, I don't know what it is. Tell us, tell us who you're looking forward to watching the Vikings play in 2019. Okay. Um, a couple of things to wrap up, Chris, before we sign off for the week. Uh, again, a reminder on what's going to happen with your favorite football team here in the next few days. We're going to play the Buffalo Bills on Thursday. Kickoff is 6.30 Central in Buffalo. That's Thursday night. We're going to fly home, and Friday into Saturday, you're going to see roster cutdowns from 90 players to 53. Now, we've already made two of them. On, uh, on Tuesday, the Vikings cut corner Benet Benwickery and wide receiver Jordan Taylor, so we're down to 88. 
Um, but Mike Hughes came off the pup, so he's going to count against our 53. Don't forget about that. Um, but we're going to have to get that thing down to 53 players. That's going to be on Saturday. Then on Sunday, we're going to establish the 10-member practice squad, and you're also going to have the opportunity to claim other players who were cut by their teams. So you might be a bubble player who made it, but then another bubble player on another team didn't make it, and the Vikings like that bubble player better than they like you. So even though you made it on Saturday, you might not make it on Sunday. And even though you didn't make it on Saturday with your team, you might make it on Sunday with another team. So that's all going to happen over the weekend. Monday's going to roll around. There's still going to be a few more tweaks. We're going to get into Tuesday and Wednesday, and then we're going to start getting ready for the Atlanta Falcons because that game is on Sunday, September 8th at U.S. Bank Stadium kickoff, noon central time. You can hear the game on the Vikings radio network. Paul Allen, Pete Bursich, Greg Coleman, and Ben Lieber will have the call for that one. They'll also have the call on Thursday night in Buffalo for the preseason simulcast on the Vikings radio network and Fox 9 locally here in the Twin Cities and the greater Minnesota area. A couple of other things very quickly. Andrew Luck retired. That was a bit of a shocker. Huge news. Yeah. That was unbelievable. Yep. Um, Jadavian Clowney, yet to sign his tender, possibly to be traded? Yeah, with the Houston Texans. Yeah. Um, he has not signed that contract yet, I so we'll see what happens there. Signs it, gets traded, possibly. Melvin uh, Gordon, too. Melvin Gordon has not signed. Ezekiel Elliott has not signed. Trent Williams has not reported to Redskins camp, one of the best left tackles in the NFL. Um, David Andrews, Patriots center, has some blood, had a blood clot in his lung, a very serious condition, and um, his season is in is in question. So, um, our thoughts and prayers to David Andrews. Anything else to clean up before we go? I think that's about it. Obviously, uh, Saturday is a big day. The roster finally goes down from from eighty eight to fifty three, and um, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, that final fifty. I I started putting together my fifty three. Mm-hmm. Can't reveal it yet. No, but. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Some tough decisions to make for sure. Let's move on to the term of the day. Okay. And for this term, I'm going to bring in my uh, football expert next to me, <laughs> Mike, Mike Wabshaw. Yeah, right. Um, the term is going to be fantasy football related. I am since, not a fantasy football expert. Yeah, you, I had to pee my pants. Yeah, you came in last place. Right. <laughs> right. But we're going to ask you, we're going to make you an expert right now. Okay. Um, the term is vulture. Hmm. So um, yep. I believe this was first coined in the show The League, okay. um, where Mike Tolbert was stealing touchdowns um, from a player. But right. ex- explain what it means. So your, your touchdown vulture in fantasy football, and um, Charch would be able to probably give you examples such as Mike Tolbert and maybe some others, like Vikings fans from the late 90s, Leroy Horde was a touchdown vulture of Robert Smith, where the running back, the starting running back, the one who gets all the yards, gets you down inside the 20, inside the tent, you get to the goal line, and they bring in the big heavy back. They bring in Jerome Bettis, and he gets the touchdown. So your running back had you know four carries for 38 yards on the drive, but didn't get a touchdown because they brought in the fullback or they brought in the you know the bigger running back and he got the one yard touchdown. Therefore, like a vulture circling in the skies above, you know, um, a, an animal that has been killed and the vultures come down, don't do any of the work, they just come down and pick at the, the dead animal without having to kill the animal. That's a touchdown vulture. I wonder how Mike Tolbert feels about being coined the Dang. vulture. Mike Tolbert was a good player now. He played for a lot of years. Yeah, he was a good player, and but he was. Uh, one of the many things he was, he was a fantasy football touchdown vulture. Okay, our thanks to everyone for joining us, including Vikings quarterback Kyle Sloter. And 
fantasy expert and dear friend Paul Charchian. 3-2. Okay, our thanks to everyone for joining us on the Minnesota Vikings podcast this week, including Viking safety J. Ron Kirst and fantasy expert and dear friend Paul Charchian. Episode 6 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast is over. Preseason game number 4 for the Minnesota Vikings is coming up. We're looking forward to it. We thank you for listening. My thanks to co-host and co-producer Chris Corso and producer Jay Nelson for their work on Episode 6 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We've done all the damage we can do for the week, so we're going to sign off for now. Skull Vikings.